This is Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF. Joined by Mary Lucas from Transitions Life Care. Here's your host, Jason Kong. Welcome to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF. News, talk, traffic. Good afternoon to you. I'm Jason Kong here with award-winning podcaster Mary <laughs> Lucas, also representing Transitions Life Care. Mary, how are you doing? That's a, that's a lot. I was excited to see that. And thanks to all of our listeners. Should we do a speech? I don't know. Just kidding. <laughs> you know, I didn't, I didn't come prepared with a speech, but hey, thanks so much for uh, all your hard work, Mary. You know, I just show up here on Saturdays. You put in all the hard work booking the guests and uh, coming up with great content and great questions. So, um, you know, as far as I'm concerned, this is uh, all the great work on your end and Transitions Life Care. I can't thank you guys enough for all that you've done for the community and for uh, the family here at WPTF. We appreciate it. It's a lot of fun. Thanks for having us. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's get into the topic at hand. We are going to be having a discussion on coping with grief over the holidays. You know, this is a, a fun time for a lot of people this time of year, but this can be a very challenging time of year for those who are either not in great health or maybe have lost a loved one. Um, maybe this is the first holiday season that you're uh, experiencing without someone uh, that's been very dear to you in your life. And we're going to be having a discussion all about coping with grief and the four C's of coping with and we've got a wonderful guest here to help set us straight. Welcoming back on the program, E Below. E is the Grief Outreach Coordinator with Transitions Life Care. E, welcome back to the show. Thanks, Jason. Thanks so much for having me back. I appreciate it. I think well, this- as a, a great- Go ahead, Mary. No, I think this is a really timely topic. You know, the leaves are changing, it's raining, the holidays, you know, it just feels like winter. But, you know, some people, including myself, it's really hard to celebrate when you're dealing with loss or even thinking about loss in the future. And it's it's something that's uh, top of mind for many people um, as we go into the holidays. So I'm really excited for this conversation and let's kick it off. What's the first C? Absolutely. Thanks, Mary. So our, our first C is going to be choose. And as a, a grief educator, I, I spend quite a bit of my time talking and, and meeting with folks around understanding and, and how to cope with grief. And as you can imagine, my calendar has been particularly full this past month as the days are growing shorter and we're nearing the holidays. Folks are, you know, starting to reflect back on their year and, and remembering those that won't be transitioning into this new year with us. Um, and in those Two months between the start of fall and New Year's, they, of course, can be filled with so much anticipation and, and excitement. Um, myself, I, I grew up in Pennsylvania, so I grew to become pretty ambivalent about the snow and, and the frigid temps. Um, in fact, as we're talking here, I've got my broad spectrum light on, I've got my hoodie on. Um, but in the, the decade that I've been in North Carolina, I've, I've really come to appreciate that that final, when we finally get that break from the humidity this time of year, you know, the the air is crisper, we're busying ourselves with travel plans or staycations, we're daydreaming about side dishes and favorite traditions, but you know, this time can also be incredibly stressful and particularly daunting, especially for folks that are grieving. Um, and before we start talking about the four C's, I, I wanna share that the CDC actually put out a statement that you know, approximately 2.8 million people die each year in the US. 
So if we were to conservatively estimate perhaps four to five people that love that person that are grieving in their absence, that means that about 11 to 14 million people are actually going to experience their first holiday season without that person. That's a lot of hurt. That's a lot of grief. Um, and in the grief center and, and in this work, we, we try to see grief as a healing response to loss. But if you're clumsy like me and have ever broken a bone or had a fresh cut, you know that healing, it, it doesn't always look very glamorous, right? It doesn't quite fit that mood of twinkling lights and carolers, decorations. Um, you know, in fact, it, it sometimes can look pretty ugly. It turns black and blue and green. It, it starts to scab over. Um, and it probably tends to feel a lot worse before it, it starts to heal. Um, and when we talk about grief, we're talking about this simple five-letter word that refers to such a nuanced and really deeply individual experience. Um, we'll all experience grief at some point in our lives. That's, that's a, a fact. Um, it's one of the most universal experiences that we have. And yet it can be such an isolating experience, you know, especially around the holidays. And holidays, they're supposed to be the most wonderful time of the year. We're supposed to be happy and jolly and donate, give more of ourselves than we already have all year long. Um, but then in addition to it, we've got all these extras, all the parties, the shopping, the decorating, the expectations of being joyful and, and spreading cheer to other people. But our grief, it, it doesn't fit the season of Hallmark movies with happy endings and our families gathered around the dinner table. Um, you know, we've got all these extra responsibilities and demands, not just on our bodies, but on our spirits. And a lot of the times, especially when we're grieving, we have a lot less capacity to actually meet those demands. Uh, and so the holidays, you know, they emphasize this sense of togetherness and tradition, but that togetherness and tradition often do what? They emphasize absence. And they tend to, to actually magnify that loss and that hurt. Um, and so they, they tend to remind us of everything and everyone that's missing during the holidays. Um, so if you are listening out there and, and you're grieving that physical absence of your person during the holidays, um, whether it's your first holiday without them or you're 10 years out, um, we don't get over grief, but we move through it. Um, but there are a few things that we can do to navigate the holidays with a little bit more comfort. Um, and as Mary and Jason referred to them, I'll, I'll refer to them as the four C's. Um, so those C's are choose, compassion for self, communicate, and continued connection. Um, and if you're counting along, I, I do recognize that there's a fifth C kind of hiding in there, uh, <laughs> but bear with me. So that, that first C um, is choose. And what I mean by that is try to give yourself the gift of planning ahead. Um, and I don't mean start shopping earlier or meal prepping. Um, what I mean by that is really take time to take inventory of those traditions. Um, and your social obligations, and try to choose the things that, that really best serve you. Um, what traditions or activities have you historically done every year? Did you enjoy them? Um, when you think about recreating that tradition this year, does it bring you more comfort, or is it bringing you more dread? Um, and really try to be honest with yourself. Um, do you plan to do it this year again? And if you do plan to do it, is it because it actually brings you joy? Or are you doing it solely because it's tradition. You know, I, I often joke and, and try to relate tradition to peer pressure um, and would really encourage you to, to try to ask yourself who you're maintaining that tradition for. And if you aren't part of that equation or that answer, 
I'd really encourage you to explore that a little bit. Um, you know, are there changes that you might want to make to that tradition that, that maybe make it a little less painful? Um, or would you like to try something entirely new? Maybe instead of cooking a full meal this year, maybe you go out to your person's favorite restaurant or, or order in. Um, I'd really encourage you to do the same with, with any social calls that you get. Um, you know, really take inventory of your, your mental and emotional capacity. Uh, maybe that means letting somebody else host this year. Maybe it means saying less a little bit less, yes a little bit less this year. Mm -hmm. I, I often tell people that the word no is a full sentence. You, you don't need an excuse to set a boundary. Um, and sometimes that boundary is actually the kindest thing that you can do for yourself. Um, but I hope that offers a, a little bit of insight into how you can better honor and, and protect your protect your energy and, and your heart this holiday. Um, in a little bit, we're going to be talking about the second C for communication and how we can better communicate our capacity and our, our needs to the people around us. Wonderful. Look forward to getting into the discussion on the second C, communication. That is E below. E is the Grief Outreach Coordinator with Transitions Life Care, and we're discussing coping with grief over the holidays, and we're going over the four C's of coping, and E's on a roll here. So we're going to take a quick break and get right back to it. You're listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF News Talk Traffic. This is Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF with your hosts, Mary Lucas and Jason Kong. You're listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF News Talk Traffic. Thank you so much for joining us this afternoon. I'm Jason Kong here with Mary Lucas, and we are going to have a discussion all about coping with grief over the holidays. We've got an ongoing series here discussing the four C's of coping. And to have this discussion, we are proud to have on the show E. Below. E is Grief Outreach Coordinator with Transitions Life Care. And Mary, we learned uh, about the first C, which mm -hmm. is choose and mm -hmm. everything that goes into that. But now, now we're going to get into the second C when it comes to coping. Yes, I'm excited for this one, Compassion for Self. I, I think this is one that um, is really important to me. And you were talking previously about boundaries and, and really thinking about yourself. So I'm excited to hear more about this one. Absolutely. Thanks so much, Mary. So again, in, in the last segment, we covered the first C, choose. We talked about how we can inventory and evaluate our traditions, um, who we keep those traditions for and how they serve us. Um, so that we can then choose those traditions that really foster comfort and, and a con sense of continued connection. So we are on to the second C. Again, that is compassion for self. Um, and I think, you know, with that, the phrase self-care gets thrown around a lot. And I don't know that any of us really have a great grasp on what that means. It can sound kind of buzzy and sometimes feels really unattainable, um, at least for myself in terms of energy level and resources, financial resources. But when I say compassion for self, I don't necessarily mean a luxurious trip to the spa or a remote getaway, uh, long bubble bath. That's not what I'm talking about. 
Um, when I say that, what I mean is at a very basic human level, giving yourself permission to get some of those needs met. You know, grief affects every ounce of our being. It leaves nothing untouched physically, mentally, emotionally, um, even behaviorally and spiritually. It, it leaves nothing untouched and it, it changes us almost on a cellular level. And so understanding that it's normal not to be your normal self right now is really important when you're grieving. Um, grief, it, it introduces us to a version of ourselves that you know maybe we've not met before. Um, if you're a, a Lizzo fan, Mary, like I am, <laughs> you might know the song, If You Love Me. I don't know if that mm -hmm. sounds familiar. Mm -hmm. um, but in that song, she says, I accept the things that I can't change about you, but can't accept the fact that I can't change myself too. And being good to me like I'm someone else seems so backhanded. And you'll be glad that I didn't sing that part. And forgive me, Lizzo. Oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> My toddler always tells me, stop singing. Um, but if you're listening, I'm, I'm paraphrasing Lizzo. But how often do we extend that grace and that compassion so easily to other people? But we deny ourselves the grace to experience this profoundly human and universal need to grieve. And grief it it isn't linear and it doesn't wrap, just wrap up after six months or a year. Um, you know, it's, it's so easy to get caught up in questions like, am I doing this right? Am I taking too long to heal? Um, you know, when am I going to get over this? Grief isn't linear. It, there aren't these helpful little mile markers along the way, letting you know that you're, you're near the finish line. Um, and it can spark a lot of feelings of, of failure and guilt, but, what I want folks to know is that there's no right or wrong way to grieve. There's just your way. And however you are, wherever you are in your grief is okay. You know, but we, we can draw inward in these moments and, and really try to ground ourselves to that deeply human part of ourselves by exercising self-compassion. And maybe that's as simple as, you know, pressing pause in those moments of overwhelm and the, am I doing enough? Am I doing this right? and really connecting with yourself and your body, maybe with your feet planted firmly on the ground, um, you know, as shaky as it, as it may feel beneath you right now, and placing a hand over your chest and, and repeating a mantra to yourself. Maybe that mantra is saying something in those moments like, you know, I'm, I'm doing the very best that I can today, and today that's enough. You know, sometimes just breathing and, and getting through the next 15 minutes is enough. And sometimes even that's a stretch on, on those hard days. But it's okay to set your expectations low for yourself this season. It's, it's not a failure or a defeat. It, it's actually a kindness to yourself. It's a gift to yourself. And maybe, maybe you're, not, you're just not up for cooking dinner this year. Maybe instead you go out to eat or you order in. Um, you know, when we talked about that first C choose, we talked about setting boundaries. And it's okay to set limits and let folks know ahead of time you know, I've, I've got another engagement at six, so I need to dip out a little early tonight. Mm -hmm. And it's okay if that other engagement is your warm bed with a cup of tea and your pet. You know, <laughs> nobody else needs to know that. And it's it's also okay to be more upfront with folks and say something like, you know, I'm still adjusting to having good and bad days and I'm never really sure when it's going to hit me. So I'd like to give you a, a soft yes that I'll be there, but I might need to change my mind or leave early. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and I'd also encourage you um, to also reduce your expectations of others. Um, I know that's easier said than done, and, and I want to say that with as, with as much tenderness as I can. 
um, because most of us, my, myself included, are pretty flawed and, and human. You know, we've got decades of learned behavior and patterns that we've picked up along the way. Uh, but try not to expect folks to, to change those patterns or those behaviors overnight. Uh, but what we can do instead is take note of those safe people in our life. You know, the folks that allow you to feel however you're feeling without rushing to fix it and really lean into those relationships. My um, dear friend Jody, who worked in hospice with me for several years, um, she's since passed. Um, but it wasn't uncommon for us to be working together with families or caregivers who express feeling selfish for putting their needs and their comfort first. And Jody, um, dear Jody, she would always look them earnestly in the eye and just say, it's good to have a self. That's all she'd say. And, and they would just understand at a very human level that it's okay. And in fact, it's really healthy and necessary to be a little selfish in your grief and to take up that space for yourself and, and for your continued healing. I think that's some, those are some really good points. You know, over the holidays, I was, I was talking to Jason as we made our way into the studio this morning. And, um, you know, there was something really special to me about not doing much over the holidays. You know, mm -hmm. I, it's something I talk about on the show quite often. My grandfather, um, is in hospice and now he's in our hospice home, our inpatient unit right mm -hmm. now. And he, he's been there for a few weeks and it, it's been heavy and it's, it's not easy on anybody. And, um, you know, I, I went and visited him on Thanksgiving day there and I just decided, you know what, that's, that's, what I can do today. And that's it. Um, and mm -hmm. I think it's accepting that and, and knowing your boundaries and your, and where you are and, and what you can, what you can handle. And I, I had a great night at home on my couch with my dogs. <laughs> um, and I, I think that that's a really good point age to, to really think about yourself in some of these moments. Absolutely. I'm, I'm so glad that you're able to press pause and, and have that suspension and even as you're anticipating that sense of grief and, and be able to slow down a little bit. I think it, it, part of the hard part of all of this is is communicating that with others. You know, deep down inside, mm -hmm. I knew like I, I can go home and sit on my couch and do this. But how, you, you know, you take on a lot of pressure communicating that with other people um, and um, and being able to share those feelings and not feel um, guilty for it. Um, and, you know, especially around the holidays, um, if you want to take a time, time away and, and not attend that family event, that, that that's okay. Mm -hmm. I think it's just hard for people to, to communicate those things sometimes as well. Absolutely. And we all grieve differently, even if we're grieving the same person. And so our needs are all going to look differently. And I think that's a, a really good segue into that next C for communicate. Thanks, Mary. Mm -hmm. You know, Mary's she's a, an award-winning podcaster. <laughs> of course, she's going to know how to set things up for the next segment. We are speaking with E below. E is grief outreach coordinator with Transitions Life Care, and we're having a discussion about the four C's of coping and really how we can cope with grief over the holidays. As it's something that. Uh, no one really wants to experience, but unfortunately, it's it's a reality for a lot of people out there. And, you know, it's it's fun to enjoy the holidays, and that's a part of a lot of the messaging that we see, but it's really important to cover this aspect as well. And we're going to continue our conversation with E right after this. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care on FM 98.5. AM 680 WPTF News Talk Traffic. 
This is Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF. 60 minutes devoted to giving you all the information you need when caring for a loved one. With Mary Lucas and Jason Kong. If you have questions for the show, you can email agingmatters at transitionslifecare.org. Welcome back to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF News Talk Traffic. Thank you so much for joining us today. I'm Jason Kong here with Mary Lucas, and we are going to continue our series on coping with grief over the holidays and going over the four C's of coping. And to do that, we need our resident expert here on that matter, and that is E Below. E is Grief Outreach Coordinator with Transitions Life Care, and we've previously covered two C's when it comes to coping, and now we are on to the third C. Yes, I I set this up, but I didn't mean to set it up. I I really genuinely (laughs) was thinking about communication and how hard it was for me to be able to communicate in some of these times. Um, So, E, I think this is a a great next uh, part of our conversation in talking about communication. Absolutely. You must have read my mind, Mary. Cosmically (laughs) connected. (laughs) Yeah, well, we are halfway through those four C's of coping with holiday grief and so far, as Jason mentioned, we've covered choose and compassion for self, that is planning ahead and choosing the traditions and activities that feel meaningful for you, and also showing yourself compassion by giving yourself permission to take up space as you're grieving. And so our third C is communicate. Um, that word, it might be a trigger word for you like it is for me, but communicate, you, you probably hear it all the time in your relationships. It's a verb, it's a demand, it can be a burden, especially when you're hurting, uh, much like Mary had shared, you know, how do I communicate what I need to the people around me, even when they're grieving too? Um, and when you're grieving, it, it doesn't take much time to realize that most folks don't know what it's like for a griever. You know, even if they've grieved a loss themselves, it's unlikely that they could ever know exactly what's going on inside of you because they're not you. And because of that, Sometimes people do say things in an effort to comfort us that that actually end up being more damaging than helpful. Um, You know, the the things that often start with at least. Um, When I'm teaching other helpers on how to support people that are grieving, I I often say, you know, if the sentence you're about to say, say starts with at least, that's probably a good indicator that you shouldn't finish that sentence. Um, You know, offerings like at least they lived a good life or at least you know you can have children. While they come from this beautiful human urge to comfort and to fix, they can actually be really painful to hear if you're grieving and and can actually trivialize the griever's pain um, and make them less likely to share what they're going through. Um, A lot of the time the the people around us think, you know, gosh, we, we really need to make this the very best holiday for them because they're hurting. But what that actually do is it, it also puts a lot of pressure on that griever to have to enjoy the holiday and, and to ultimately present in an inauthentic way. Uh, if you're supporting someone who's grieving around the holidays, it's okay to just ask them, hey, I, I know this is the first year without Bob. You know, how are you feeling about that? How would you like to celebrate or, or not celebrate this year? You know, as grievers and as humans, 
we have needs, of course, um, but maybe it's the need for folks to take the initiative and reach out more um, or understand that you're different now. Grief can be really isolating because it's it's often this invisible experience. Um, at the grief center, we often talk about the difference between grief and mourning. Um, and if you can imagine an iceberg, that tiny little tip poking out of the water and, and then this giant mass laying beneath the surface, our practice of mourning is actually that really small, maybe 10% of the iceberg that we see above the water. It's it's the crying, it's the memorials, the, the laying of flowers on a grave. It's really just the tip of the iceberg, so to speak, of, of that grief experience. But our grief is that 90% that's actually laying underneath the water, underneath the surface. It's everything that is going on, on inside of you that people don't see. You know, the fatigue, the irritability, the fear, the ache, the guilt, all of these things that pile up beneath the surface and no one really sees them unless we do what? Unless we communicate them. Mm -hmm. And again, I, I say that with the utmost tenderness as someone who has grieved themselves because communicating our, communicating our needs is really scary and vulnerable and exhausting. And it can feel kind of yucky. And it, it's so unfair that on top of everything else, it falls on us as grievers, we, that we also have to be the bridge builders and the communicators in order to get those needs met. You know, why can't people just read our minds? Um, but that's really exhausting, but important work. Um, so the question is, you know, how do we, how do we make those conversations a little bit easier to navigate? And my first suggestion would be to, you know, simply acknowledge that this year is different because it is, you know, you are different, your world is different. And that first C we talked about was choose, choosing which traditions we want to keep and, and which we want to put aside or tweak. Um, again, tradition, as I mentioned, is, is a lot like peer pressure. And so it might be helpful to ask yourself, who are you maintaining that tradition for? And again, if you aren't part of that answer, maybe explore that with yourself and, and with your loved ones, the people that you'll be spending that time with. And sometimes, especially as parents, we tend to hold on to these traditions for, for the sake of our kids or our partners. Um, we want to maintain some sense of normalcy, but, but again, you're, you're not your normal self when you're grieving. And grief, it introduces us to a version of ourselves that we've likely never met before, including our children and our partners. And maybe your kids or your partner actually want to skip it this year because it's, it's just too raw. Even if we're grieving the same person, our expert, expectations for how these holidays will look can be really different. Um, and so I'd really encourage you to, to start a dialogue and, and focus on being honest instead of strong. Um, ask yourself, what are your expectations? What are their expectations? Um, but by communicating and, and opening up that door, it helps to build the framework for what the holidays can look like. Um, and one thing that I really want to emphasize is to remember that the holidays, for better or for worse, they come around every year, right? So just because you skip it this year, it, it doesn't mean that you can't add it back into the fold next year. Uh, but go ahead and start that dialogue early with it, with yourself and, and with the people that you'll be spending time with. Those are some great tips. And yeah, I want to circle back um, and, and dive in a little bit more to the do's of communication with 
when you're speaking with someone who's bereaved or or who is struggling with grief, are are there other dues that you should think about? Um, you know, as as someone who is um, helping somebody, you know, I think listening is really important. Are there nonverbal kinds of communication um, that that you should be keeping an eye out for, or things mm-hmm. that you could ask to even um, you know prompt a conversation to have you know if someone's having trouble talking um, about mm-hmm. their their loved one is there are there ways that you can engage them in conversation around the holidays that are meaningful? Yeah, that's a really great question, Mary. And you know, I, I would really encourage you not to assume, as we do with everything in life. Don't assume. You know, we might be thinking that this person either needs to have the best holiday or maybe we're tiptoeing around and don't want to bring it up because we're afraid it's going to cause them more pain. But the pain is there, right? What you're doing by communicating and by initiating a conversation with somebody who's grieving is actually allowing that pain to be released. You're giving a little bit of room to, to breathe and to move around. You know, the word emotion has the word motion in it. And so being able to, to open that conversation, to give it a little bit of space to move in can be actually really helpful. Um, and I would also encourage you to, to speak that person's name, to say the name of the person who's died. You know, so often in our relationships, there's this tendency and, and this urge to, to protect each other. And even as grievers, sometimes we're afraid to speak their names. We're afraid to be a burden or, or to make it all about our grief. Um, so by you speaking that person's name, it, it allows us to know that it's okay to share. It's okay to remember them. It's okay to express our grief. Um, and it, as with everything else, I, I would encourage you to, as you mentioned, to just listen. Um, you know, listening communicates that um, that you're open to that conversation. It, it, it reminds people that you're not there to fix and that you can feel however you are, however you're feeling, um, wherever you are in your grief. Um, and I would also encourage you to, to mirror that, that person, that griever. You know, if they say something like, you know, this, this is really hard, it's okay to just say, yeah, this is really hard. You don't have to have the right words or, um, you know, have a clinical background to comfort and, and offer somebody support. Um, you know, sometimes just acknowledging that pain and that hurt um, does a, a lot of wonders and just really reminds folks that they can be however they are in their grief with you and and to feel safer. Man, this is some really good stuff. We're speaking with E. Below. E is the Grief Outreach Coordinator with Transitions Life Care, and we're going over our four C's of coping and dealing with coping with grief over the holidays. And we've gone through three of the four C's, and we're going to get to the fourth one right after this. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF News Talk Traffic. This is Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF. Joined by Mary Lucas from Transitions Life Care. Here's your host, Jason Kong. You're listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF News Talk Traffic. I am Jason Kong here with Mary Lucas. Thank you so much for joining us this afternoon. We are having a discussion now about coping with grief over the holidays, and we're going over the 
four C's of coping, and this is an ongoing series, Mary, and mm-hmm. we've covered three of the four C's so far. We've covered choose, we've covered compassion for self, and also communicate, and we've learned some wonderful stuff from E Below. E is the Grief Outreach Coordinator with Transitions Life Care, and um, you know, I encourage everyone, if you missed any part of the series so far, to go back and listen because it's it's been ex- extremely uh, educational. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just so much that we, we often don't think about. Um, it, even when we're processing grief on our own, mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's nice to be able to hear from Ian to be able to take a step back and to give us some perspective and some, some tips as well along the way. Yeah, I think this is a great perspective for those who are not just dealing with grief themselves, but family and friends who know someone who is going through this. It's, it's something that's very difficult at the holidays and can be hard to talk about. Um, but as he has talked about over the last few um, parts of the series is opening up the lines of communication, not overshadowing the grief. And I'm excited to continue this conversation. So E, let's jump off with the last one. What is the last C in this four C's of coping? Yeah, thanks, Mary. So the last C is continued connection. If you are just joining, um, we have already covered those first three C's, uh, choosing what traditions we want to keep and which we might want to put down this year, how and with whom we want to share this time and our mental energy with. We've covered compassion for self, allowing ourselves the grace of grief and giving ourselves, ourselves permission to take up some space. Um, and communicating our needs and starting a dialogue around what this holiday season might look like. So our fourth and final C is continued connection. Um, and I guess that's technically five C's um, if you're counting along mm-hmm. with me, but but humor me if you will. Um, but what do I mean by continued connection? So there's this saying that a relationship doesn't end with death, that death ends a life, but not that relationship. And we're called on in life, of course, to release the physical, to say goodbye to this physical form of our loved one. And if this pandemic has taught us anything, it's that we ache for the physical. We ache for the hugs and the ability to call our people up on the phone and seek advice, or even just sitting at a table together and and laughing over a cup of coffee. Um, You know, we we miss that companionship and, and that intimacy. But when a person that we love dies, there's almost an an invitation to meet them in this new form, um, in their memory. And that looks different for everyone. Our grief and our relationships with the people that have died are as unique as that relationship was with that person when they were living. And a lot of times when I'm working with a griever, they'll say things like, you know, E, I I feel like I'm losing my mind. I'm, I'm walking around my house and I know they're not here anymore, but I still find myself talking to them as if they are. It's not uncommon. It it doesn't make you eccentric to talk to your person after they've died. Um, And some people, they they talk out loud or they keep a journal as as if they're writing to that person. Um, On the Transitions Life Care campus, we actually have this really beautiful sculpture called the Cosmic Post that's designed for that exact purpose. Um, It's so common, we created a sculpture for it. Um, But that Cosmic Post, it, it allows you to write a letter and flip it into this metal mailbox. Um, and then the letter is burned inside of that and it, it creates almost like these tendrils of tendrils of smoke um, that are meant to symbolize that, that sense of continued connection with your loved one. Um, myself, I was raised partially by my grandmother 
Um, and she was always mesmerized, mesmerized by the moon. Um, she would always call me over to the window anytime there was a full moon and we'd stand there quietly together and watch. Um, and my son, he's now three, but unfortunately he didn't have the joy of meeting her before she died. Um, but he still knows her through my stories and the songs that I sing to him at night. Uh, all the songs that she used to sing to me as a kid, um, including the song called I See the Moon um, that we actually sung again last night, as we often do. Um, but anytime there's a full moon, I take them outside and we sing it together and we talk about grandma. And by doing that, not only do I remain connected with this profoundly important person in my life, but her legacy and her memory continue with people that she's never even met before. And in that way, she's she's still here. She still exists in my love and in my memories. And these rituals and, and ways of remaining in connection, again, are, are going to look different for everybody um, and can also be incorporated into the holidays as well. Um, they can be a daily practice. And maybe maybe your person left their recipe for maybe their, their famous apple pie and you make it together as a family. Um, or you make a playlist with all of their favorite songs. Uh, maybe it's as simple as leaving an empty chair at the table to remember them and having everybody go around the table to share a favorite memory. Um, but ask yourself, how might you honor that absence this year? As I mentioned in Communicate, say their name, share a story, start a, tr a new tradition. Um, you don't have to wait for the person who's grieving to do that. You can initiate that too. Um, but I would really just encourage you to explore what feels right and, and meaningful for you and to honor that relationship in ways that feel organic for you. Um, you know, I think it's it's also really important to remind folks that are listening that just as you have permission to skip things this year, you also have permission to laugh and to enjoy yourself. Um, I don't know if you were seeking that that validation or that per permission today, but know that you have it. You know, when, when we find ourselves laughing or realizing that, you know, maybe you've gone an hour without thinking of your person, there's this really, natural response to feel guilty um, or to feel shame. But laughing and enjoying the season, it, it doesn't mean that you're forgetting or that you aren't grieving. There's an image that I often share with folks that um, has several concentric circles. Um, so follow me here with this imagery. Um, but in these circles, there's some shading that takes up less and less, less space in the circle. And in the first few circles, it says, people think that our grief grows smaller over time. And in the bottom, there are more concentric circles that grow bigger, but the shading stays the same. And it says, in reality, grief stays the same size, but slowly life begins to grow bigger around it. And what I mean by that is that we don't get over grief, but we move through it. And we find ways to incorporate our person's memory and this new version of them and, and, your, and of ourselves is a really important piece of that healing through grief. That's really powerful. You know, you, you brought up um, children and teenagers and, um, and, and, and dealing with grief. And I think that this is a, a, the continued connection is something that's really important in that, that way. Do you have any tips uh, for our listeners about helping children through these four C's and, mm. um, and, and ways that you can engage them? I, I really liked your ideas um, that you talked about with the continued connection piece. Yeah, absolutely, Mary. That's a really good question. And my biggest um, piece of advice is to include them, to not 
um, to, to really give their voice space and, and meaning and purpose in these conversations. Try not to tiptoe around them with these conversations. Ask them, you know, I, I know this is the first year without dad or without grandma. How do you want to, to remember her? What traditions do you want to keep? Is there some, some way that you want to honor um, this person who, who meant so much to us this year? Um, and to really allow them to, to get creative. Um, when I was working for hospice, we, we had this holiday program for kiddos. And, <laughs> excuse me, we created these, um, these bulbs that we would put on a tree. And on ribbons, the parents would write down or, or their guardian would write down a memory of the person who died. And then the children separately would write their memories down. And together, when they came back together in the same room, they would add all these pieces of ribbons that had all these memories together and they would read them and they would add them inside of this little bulb. And in that way, they, they also got to share with each other. And perhaps they heard stories that they never heard before, learned something about that person that died that maybe they didn't know about because you're sharing these stories, you're giving it that your grief that space to breathe. That's some perspective that we welcome E. Below, Grief Outreach Coordinator with Transitions Life Care. We're just about out of time here, but E, thank you so much for uh, coming on the show and going over these four C's of coping. I'm sure that uh, this has been helpful for a lot of people, whether they're currently dealing with grief or they have a loved one who's going through uh, some grieving over the holidays. Thank you so much for your time, E. Absolutely. It's my honor, Jason. Thanks for having me back. Absolutely. We always welcome it. And if you missed any part of our series on the four C's of coping, be sure to check them out online at WPTF.com. You can head over to the Aging Matters section and you can find that podcast as well as all the other podcasts that we've compiled for Aging Matters. On behalf of Mary Lucas, I'm Jason Kong. Thanking you so much for joining us today. We hope you will do it again next weekend. You've been listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF News Talk Traffic. Have a wonderful day. You've been listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF. For more information, log on to transitionslifecare.org.